Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. For it's hard you will find to be narrow of mind if you're young at heart. You can go to extremes with impossible schemes. You can laugh when your dreams fall apart at the seams. And life gets more exciting with each passing day. And love is either in your heart or on its way. Don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart? For as rich as you are, it's much better by far to be young at heart. I'll get to the chorus and then. <laughs> if you, and if you should survive to 105, look at all you'll derive out of being alive. And here is the best part. You've got a head start if you are among the very young at heart. <laughs> Andrew, thank you, man. That was great. Oh, man. You're no, welcome. you did well. That was a wonderful opener, man. It was great. Thank you. My, my cheeks are probably burning right no, now. No, you're all good. You did a good job. It was a great job. And I'm sure that uh, Frank and everybody else that uses, you know, they sing their songs. And I never thought that would be sung on a podcast in the future right <laughs> i do love the lyrics that's why i chose it so yeah, it's a great track yeah it's a wonderful track yeah. welcome to the show man thank you for having me all right this is going to be a good talk we haven't had this talk in a while it's been a, a little while since we've had somebody else in mm. in the studio or just talking i don't even think we've done one on video to okay. be very very honest if we've done that yeah so mm. we're gonna talk uh smart homes home automations all yep. kinds of stuff wires yeah the thin wires yeah not romex not 14.2 14.3 or part of it Mm. some of it but not all of it but you guys are dealing with the other cables right yeah like mostly ethernet is a lot of what we're running now yeah and um there's so many adapters to like make an ethernet cable turn into like an rs-232 or something like to control a receiver or whatever so yeah. it's it's pretty sweet that you don't have to think of like all these different types of cables i actually don't even know a lot of the ones you mentioned <laughs> earlier so <laughs> those are the electrical cables man <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll, we'll get into it. We've got a lot to talk about. So yeah. let me just share the details here. Andrew, how do you pronounce your last name? Valier. Valier uh, from Uplink. And it's triple W Uplink with a Y dot CA. And the phone number is 289-240-0600. And his email is andrew at uplink dot CA, which is U-P-L-Y-N-K dot CA. And on IG, it's Uplink Smart Home. And on Facebook, Uplink Smart Home. And then on YouTube, you guys have a channel as well, Uplink yeah. Smart Home. Uh, quick shout out to uh, Rexdale Building Supplies. I'm wearing their T uh, RBS. Thank you very much. I also want to do another little quick shout out to Ace Piva. I just had a chat with him. He reached out to me and uh, go figure. He's a 44-year-old guy. He used to be in the music business. He was a roadie. He was a techie, handling all that stuff. Want to get out of it for good reason because it's uh, very taxing on your body and mind mm. being on the road all the time, especially if you're trying to have a family and everything. But he got out of that game and he got into construction and he's starting from the bottom. 
and he just wants to reach out to me and just chat with me and we had a chat this morning which was great and i encourage anybody to reach out to me i may not get back to you right away and i'll try to figure out when i can schedule some time to speak to you but i will definitely make some time and speak to you and give you some insight so he was very appreciative of that and uh so i just want to say hello to him because he listens to the show which is great unleash your voice on the construction life podcast community are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life Podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together. Share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Follow us on TikTok under the same handle and tweet us at TCL Construction. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our link tree, and find exclusive discounts for listeners. Link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. Um, over to you. Awesome. I want to start with CES. Okay. When was the last time you were there? Have you ever been there? City Electric Supply? No, no, no. CES oh. down in Vegas. It just oh, happened. Sorry, the Consumer Electronics Show. Consumer Electronics Show, yeah. The last time I actually went was well, a while ago. Well, that's your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, yeah. The last time I went was a while ago, actually. I went with my dad and my brother. Probably, like, I should I should be, I should have gone this year, but I went, like, I think it was 2019 with my dad and my brother. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was a, it, from what I gather, it was a pretty good year this year. Yeah. A lot of interesting things were going on. Yeah. Some things I don't get. Mm. Um. I see the value of transparent TVs for commercial applications. Yeah. I don't see the value of transparent TVs for residential applications. Yeah, I know. They're, they're, they're already having to come up with like, uh, you know, there was one I saw and it was like a black background came up on it for when you want to watch TV on it. <laughs> so that's how they're going to try to sell it? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, those projectors that come out of the wall or whatever. Yeah. So that comes up behind. So, so they're, they're using the technology kind of talking about how these crystals are the best or these LED uh, diodes are the best and mm. they're so fine and everything like that. So we want to implement it and all this. Stuff. And I'm like, is there too much shit going on? Like, is there too yeah. much tech in our lives these days? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a dichotomy that I even do what I do because like I'm, I really... I'm into nature. I mountaineer. I camp a lot. I, I, and then I, I have this like smart home company. And and there are moments where like I do talk to my customers, where, customers where I'm like, you know, do you really need a TV in your bathroom? No. You know, <laughs> like so it's you do, but you do still need you because what I do respect about what you guys do and other companies do is lighting controls. Yeah. And I'm huge about lighting temperature. Yeah. Uh, lumens placement of lighting yeah and this is where i'll fight the electricians over and over i don't give a shit how they're balanced on the ceiling i give a shit about what the light output and where it's being shined on yeah that's what i care about and also yeah. you guys get into speaker locations and where they should be yeah so it's the effect of the service not what the product looks like mm. in everyday applications you know what mm. i mean yeah. so yeah i mean lighting is important but uh for the most part lighting's huge yeah. Technology is kind of, I mean, 
I love my Ecobee and I love being able to control and I love having sensors all over the home. And like the, you guys are tackling all that. You're, you're integrating everything together and now you guys are doing interfaces in, I guess, command centers in certain key points of the home. Yeah. But I just find that it's like, are we literally one hopscotch away from the Jetsons and mm. like walk in and voice activated this and all this other shit, mm. and which was kind of funny because I think recently I saw a commercial which is very clever totally home automation mm. in the future guy was enjoying as he was walking through the home and commanding this and commanding that and then the computer system was telling him you have a dentist appointment at 10 a.m so then he leaves great goes to the dentist gets work done and now he tries to speak to get back into the house and he can't because it's not recognizing his voice because he's all numb <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah and then he's just there and he's crying and it's raining and he can't get inside his house he, he looks can't like get marlon Brand when the neighbor comes along and just puts the key inside and <laughs> unlocks the door and walks right in yeah. So it's like, are we going to ever get to that point where are people going to be like carving out eyeballs and cutting off fingertips to get into people's homes? Right? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, I think as graphic as that is. Yeah. <laughs> like minority report. Right. Like, mm. I think like with the systems I design, I always try to give people like, you know, kind of three different ways of interacting with it. So, um, you know, you can have a smart lock that you can control with your phone. Uh, you can touch the keypad on the front and enter the code to get in, but there's also a key, right? So I I try to stay away from like a thumbprint to get into your house because there's there's just like, uh, what are your fail safes if something goes wrong with that, right? Or like you said, you you know, you cut your thumb or yep. you got a Band-Aid on it. Well, how do you get in your house, right? So yeah. like I try to do that throughout the entire home to make sure that everybody has a way of interacting with the smart home system, whether it's like a tactile and they want to push a button, somebody wants to do it with their voice, they can still do that. And then if somebody wants to do it with their phone, they can do that too. So it is a consideration that I do make when I design these systems because yeah, not everybody likes to do the voice commands. And I have some clients who like the wife loves it, the husband hates it. And he'll never do it. And, and so he still uses the so light switch. So are you finding women are liking that more voice and integrated systems versus the men are not liking it? I mean, not not the stereotype. No, no, I'm curious. Yeah. Women fear change less than men do. So it's like the wife is getting right into it after we install it. She's like never usually involved in the design process she doesn't care but then after i do the it use of it she's the one doing it yeah like i the last project i did the guy was like ah just teach my wife and then i'll learn from her and she was the one who was really like getting excited and using it and but he was the guy i talked to through the duration of the whole project never even spoke to her really except hi nice to see you and that's it right? and this so, was a new project that you guys were going right through framing stage during yeah okay yeah we finished it uh in in november last year so how, I guess the other question, I mean, the, the key thing that I wanted to try to figure out on the show was I wanted to dive into a lot of this stuff, but how do we make older homes smart today? Mm. Because Other than having to chop up Swiss cheese, the entire house and having to run yeah. these things. Right. And I know that hard wires are always better than Wi-Fi connection because yeah. we're seeing security and I want to get into security as well, too. We're seeing a lot of monkeys out there that are taking advantage of Wi-Fi opportunities and fobs and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And then nobody's coming home and checking their their fobs and putting them into cages and protecting that signal. Yeah. So, I mean, how do we do the old homes into new ways or we don't go the extreme new ways on the old homes? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I do retrofits too. And it's, it's always great if you have an unfinished basement or like a portion of the basement that's unfinished. Cause then we can kind of use that as our like demarcation for all the wiring. Yeah. 
Um, I've done things like where we've we've taken a conduit that goes on. You know, usually one side of the home is like the utility side. Your air conditioner's there, and your your like intake for gas and whatever. So we'll take a conduit and say go to the attic, okay, and then we can try to come over and come down interior walls or put speakers there. Getting stuff in the ceiling on the main floor if it's a if it's a two level home really difficult. You got to cut drywall if you yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Um, but like you know a lot. I actually came from a background of doing mostly that. So we find creative ways outside to come out and go back into the home. Um, but then you know in modern homes where like uh, you know, net zero and, and you don't want leakage of energy and, and stuff like that, that that's becoming a problem. So the best way to do it is when the home's being built, but there are, there are lots of creative ways to get wires in places. And, and I agree with you, Wi-Fi is not the solution. Um, if you really want the reliability and the, and the speed of a connection to a device, you should wire it. But I mean, the other thing is like, everybody likes to eat flexibility of wi-fi because we want to be in any room and walk away from our ipad yeah. or even our, la- our laptop and go to the next room and still be connected we don't want to be having to plug in plug out yeah all right certain devices it's a no-brainer like i say if if the device has an ethernet port on it that means it should be plugged in so like your tv your receiver your uh nvidia shield or apple tv like those things your computer plug those things in that's yeah. where you're going to need the bandwidth but like phones and tablets and stuff that are mobile obviously yeah the, the it makes sense that it's going to be wi-fi i usually steer away from wi-fi cameras i don't think that they're very good um the batteries never last as long as they say on the box uh trust me <laughs> no no one. i believe you totally and i agree with you on that yeah. it's always when it comes to the cameras it's always best to go hardwired yeah Put it in a position that is not easily accessible that someone can get up there and cut it. Yeah. And so they can access. But it's also the fear of, I mean, these days, I mean, police services is not going to arrive. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There's damage is done before police services arrives. Right. Yeah. So it's just a matter of just deterring as much as possible. And when I say deterring, I'm saying like. Make your house not so engaging that people can just go, this is easy. Mm-hmm. And as funny as it may sound, I've always told all my friends that have broken into, that have been had their homes broken into, they're not dog lovers, but beware a dog. Yeah. Sign actually helps. Yeah, for sure. no criminal wants to know, yeah. right, what kind of dog it is, right? And then also gates, fences. Yeah. And nowadays you've got really interesting and also digital gate locks. Yeah. Right. So you can do a key and also a punch, you know, a keypad on a on a gate lock, Mm -hmm. which is great. So now you've got one entry point, then you've got your side entry point, then you've got the into the point into the home. So it's like the more you can add, the more a person who's surveilling you is going to go, well, that's going to be a pain in the ass because if he's already or she's already done one at the gate, one at the side door, one at the entrance of the garage door. Yeah. What else do they got going on in the system, right? I, I usually say to clients, like, I, I like to assume that thieves are lazy. You know, yeah. That's probably why they're in that line of work. So if yeah. you make it hard for them, you're less likely to be a target. Now, I guess, um, yeah, you guys go in, you set up a whole point, your your command center, so to speak, mm-hmm. which controls everything. It will control your all your devices. It will control your internet. It will control your security, yeah. everything like that. I mean, how easy is it for people to get to that point? And then dismantle that. But I guess you can't really do it unless you're dismantling the power yeah. to the house. 
Rules, compliance, regulations. These are all super critical things. We use tools that require high safety standards. We have to meet compliance and regulations at all times, not just for governmental issues, but to avoid putting out employees at risk. Every tool requires a different kind of training and understanding of how to operate it safely. Every rule needs to be fully understood. We need to know who's qualified to do certain jobs and who's not. All these are important things we managers must take care of to keep safety high at all times. Now, getting it done is way harder than talking about it, but luckily there's a platform I found that can help you out with everything I just mentioned. A great software called Connect Team, which has training and quizzes that you can build in any way you'd like to make sure your employees always know how to handle certain tools. You can see who's done at a certain course or quiz and who didn't complete it and can't work with a certain tool until they do. You also have the ability to update if there's a new regulation you need everybody to be aware of ASAP. And there's a simple overview screen to track who saw it. Plus, Connect Team Schedule allows you to add limitations for certain jobs. So if one of your employees is not qualified to do a certain job, the system will automatically notify you about it. The platform offers a lot more, such as easy access to playbooks and hazard reports. Just check them out for yourself. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. Yeah. To the house. Yeah, like usually that system is, you know, near the electrical panel in the basement. So, um, it didn't, yeah, like if you cut the power, that's, there's usually that. And then there's a fail safe um, for an alarm system where it does have a battery backup. Battery backup, yeah. And like usually those can last like, you know, 24 to 48 hours. But you can improve that if you want to. Like you can do more to make it last longer and, um, Usually most home automation systems are on a battery backup system now anyways, um, just to protect all the components, right? Because you can have a lot of expensive stuff in a rack unit. So, yeah, um, yeah if somebody cuts power, sure, it'll, but the, those initial alarms will still get out. Yeah. And I mean, making the noise, and I saw recently, like, adding lights, flashing, just notifying the whole neighborhood at that point. Because yeah. if someone is trying to break in, um, you're going to get that. And then yeah. the one thing that I'm kind of disappointed at is garage entry, mm. actual physical car garage doors. Um, and I've mentioned this before where it's like companies like LiftMaster should be stepping up their game because we've seen the videos on social mm. media where someone could just put a hook in and detach the safety cable yeah. and you've got access into your garage now. And for the most part, homeowners don't lock that entry passageway yeah. door. They leave that unlocked all the time thinking that the house is perfectly safe. Yeah, I, so I know, yeah. Have you guys already... Have you spoken to LiftMaster? Have you guys started started thinking about how can we disable this garage? Because mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is they've got a battery backup. So even if the power goes out, you can still operate it. It yeah. opens slowly, yeah. but it will open. Yeah. No, you know, that's a good point. I, I haven't reached out to them, but like um, it's definitely a part of a, of a good conversation about the overall security of the home. Like you can put a door contact on your garage door if you want. There are ones designed to go on the ground and, and bolt into like a concrete floor. Okay. So that can become a part of the alarm system. And then you'd have to have an entry delay to, to let the system know that it's you. And then, um, yeah. And, and like mudroom doors, it's funny you say that because a lot of clients go, ah, I don't need a, I don't need a smart lock there. Right. But one of the cool things about the smart locks is you can say, Hey, after, you know, five minutes, lock the door automatically. I and like the that. lock just does that. You don't, yeah. you don't have to remember. Right. So, um, I've been telling people, no, it's probably important because at least, um, 
that's a point of entry that you can make sure that it is always locked. And then it's easy to punch in a couple of numbers to get back in the house again. Right. So which, yeah. which smart lock do you like these days? Um, it's got a good one. Depends on the system, like the ecosystem that I'm using, but, uh, we use like the slash, uh, in code. I don't yeah. even know if I'm saying that right. Schlag, yeah, no, no, slash, slash, yeah. yeah. I knew uh, a guy who used to work there. Yeah. Okay. So the encode is a good one. And that one gives you those three different things. You've got a key to get in. It's, it's uh, all Wi-Fi accessible, and there's a, a touchscreen on the front as well to put your code in. So that one's really universal because, um, you know, like I've had clients where the one of the one of the partners is like, I still want to use a key. And it's just like, fine, you psychopath. Go, I, go, I'm, go that, I'm that person, man. I still oh, sorry, I just called you. No, 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 <laughs> but I, I, I still like having a key for that reason. It's yeah. there, but I like having the key. Yeah. Just in case, right? For sure. It's a good fail safe to even have that available. I mean, they have, there is a double A, is it a triple A battery backup on it or? Yeah, there's four, there's four double A. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's battery backup. So even if you lose the power, you can still access it Wi-Fi wise. Well, it's, it's only battery. This, this, this lock doesn't have any power. But it's connected to the Wi-Fi and then you got to make sure that your routers and your systems are all battery backed up as well too. Otherwise you can't get it. You're going to need the key. Yeah. Yeah. So the code will work if your battery runs out. It gives you lots of notifications too. Like yeah. you, you'll have like a week to do it once you get the warning. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a friend who ignored and then went on vacation and then he came back and he was like, I'm literally locked out of my ass. <laughs> so you got to make sure you listen to the notification that your battery's low. The lock itself will be like, doo -doo, and let you know. And, and you get it on your phone. So but you're ignoring it. At ignoring that point, it. Which yeah. is kind of funny. You're just implementing all this tech stuff and then you ignore the tech because you don't want to be bothered about it. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. And then you're right back to caveman times <laughs> yeah. you got climbing like, in your window. Yeah. Trying to climb <laughs> in the window, trying to figure out, is there a ladder in the garage? No, <laughs> yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. And yeah. I'd, I'd love to chat about, um, why do clients still put TVs over fireplaces? And when I say fireplaces, mm -hmm. I mean, regular size fireplaces. I know that a lot of homes are starting getting into the linear fireplaces, which are a lot yeah. shallower. Yeah. They're not as high. Yeah. Um, but that's a specific design. Yeah. Of a fireplace, but a, a regular standard height fireplace and a TV on top is too high, in my opinion. I agree. Um, but I mean, every homeowner, that's where they go to. And it just like, it makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. use two walls, put the fireplace on one, put the TV on the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny you say that because it's, it's like the assumption is when I, when I get floor plans, the client's always like, TV there above the fireplace. But uh, the, the funny you say that too, because like, um, I've had projects where, the client's like, yeah, I want the TV there. And then we, uh, it, but, you know, choices are made. And, and I, I can only advise to a point and, and the client, it's all ultimately the client's home, right? And then um, I get to that point and I'm like, well, you know, you need a mantle there because the heat coming up to the bottom of the TV is no good. It can melt the, the yep. bottom of your TV, wreck your TV. You're going to buy a nice frame TV or something like you, you need to do something. And then the designer, the interior designer is like, Oh no, there's no mantle there. We want like a bare wall. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, uh, and this is one of my problems with, with the industry. Cause I think the smart home stuff isn't really taken very seriously. We're not really considered a trade and we're, we're usually brought later into the conversation. And, and then I'm, I'm bumping into the interior designer and being like, well, why would, why is there uh, a TV there above the fireplace and no mantle in the first place? Like we yeah. should have talked about this six months ago. And, um, and then there's, Oh, there's a problem and we got to do this stuff. And the client doesn't want to pay for the mantle. And, and I find that that's, 
that's a bit frustrating sometimes because I, I don't think I'm spoken to early enough in the, in the process of the, of the design of the home where this stuff is embedded in the home now if you're doing it. And uh, I feel like I'm, I'm often brought to the conversation too late. I feel like, and I'm not going to throw the designers on the bus or anything like that, but I just feel like the designers have had the conversation with the client. They just haven't shared it with the tradespeople doing the work. Mm, okay. Right. Which happens all the time. Right. Yeah. So just because you had it with a client but and you didn't have it with the trades doesn't mean that the conversation has been had. Right. Right. You need to completely. And at that point, you got to come in and basically say, listen, <laughs> due to this fireplace, because I know the specs on it, I'm seeing the BTU count on it. I know exactly how hot it's going to potentially get. Mm. You as homeowners may not make it that hot, but the heat coming out of that is going to be up there. We're going to have to recess this TV now because it can't yeah. be directly on the same plane, which is going to create other problems at that point. Yeah. Which I just, I flat out just say, there's no point in having the TV there to begin with. Mm. That should be enjoyed on its own as its own element. And the TV should be enjoyed on its own on a different wall. Yeah. Simple as that. But then they start arguing about the furnishings. Like I've got a balance of a couch or a sectional here. And so yeah. it has to go there. And I keep on looking at designers going, first of all, not your house. You mm. don't live here. We're trying to explain things to the homeowners. Yeah. And I want to get into the, the mindset that you brought up where it's true a lot of i'm gonna say designers and also homeowners don't feel that you guys are taken serious enough because where do they get their knowledge about smart home activity right mm -hmm. like where do they figure out where this all new tech is I, I i don't know many interior designers let alone homeowners that will attend the ces right you know what i mean they will right. not or even ces is big enough now yeah that those video clips are out there. They always come out because right. tech is always an interesting element, right? And it's not until a few months later that you start seeing it filter down into the big box stores or any kind of stores. And they start showing you, it was just announced at CES and we finally got it. Here it is. Now you got homeowners walking in, looking at product going, I want that. Mm. But now you got to come in. You already have some knowledge about it, but the homeowner and the designer doesn't. So where are they getting information on what to do? Outside of like, it must've taken a, a decade for them to just realize integrated tablet screens in key points kitchen maybe mudroom area once you enter right like that that wasn't adopted right away no but no. you had to educate them to yeah. come in to, and start understanding that these are the options that we have right now there's a lot of education in the beginning like because i i do a lot the consulting and design so it's it's like i call it a what's possible conversation because i you know i try, try to flesh out like what does the client know and then, um, and, and often it's just like they they know about products, right? But, but nobody's really thinking about the whole ecosystem. And so I sort of go, okay, like if you like a Google, let's choose the Google home then. And that means that product, you know, we're not going to do the ring doorbell because it doesn't integrate well with it. Yeah. Uh, ecosystems are really important conversation. And then, um, cause that changes everything I choose afterwards. You want an Alexa home? I'm choosing Samsung TVs. Because they have Alexa built into them. the integrity, yeah, yeah, that's as simple as that. Yeah, so so like that's a big part of the beginning phase, and then I do a lot of the educating, and and uh, I try not to be overwhelming in that conversation, but it's a lot of information, even for me, and like I know and like this stuff, but uh, sometimes I feel like. Um, that guy Ryan Gosling in uh, the Notebook in the rain in the Bayou. And like, what, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes me wonder. It's just like 
it's great that you have that conversation and then you start giving them a bunch of options and then obviously the conversation of costs yeah comes up yeah and then the unfortunate thing is it's almost like you're buying a car and then they love everything that's in the car mm. and then you give them the price and then they start dismantling the doors, taking the tires off. Do you have any off. used cars? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like you, the car won't run now. So you can't, there's, yeah. you can dismantle this a certain way. But now that if you don't want to spend that money to do what you think you wanted originally, yeah. you have to be careful on how this gets downgraded. Mm-hmm. Is that not the case? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there are things you can do that are easy. Like, it, like uh, you know, I, 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 say, I say this often. I'm like, you can get an HD camera that's wireless and it's 35 bucks right and i got another hd camera it's 7.99 what's the difference right and then like where along that plane do you find yourself and so um i try to only i have like a you know a good uh better and a best version and it's like with speakers too i can give you ceiling speakers that are 150 bucks each i can give you ceiling speakers that are 900 dollars each which which speaker do you feel is right for you? And so here's my argument about speakers. Yeah. You're not creating a concert theater. No, I agree. I You're agree. creating an ambient yeah. space. Yeah. So I do like speakers in every single room, including the bedrooms and bathrooms yeah. um, and hallways or what have you. I like all that shit. But you do not need to spend ultra high end on super quality speakers because I what agree. are these speakers going to be used for? It's yeah. when you are just hanging out at home and you want some background noise is what you want right so you want a little bit of a tune going on or something and you're just hanging out at home just chilling out and relaxing so you don't need these things perfectly equalized tuned you know what i'm saying yeah so then don't buy those really ultra expensive ones and i even had clients put in the invisible speakers into the drywall yeah those are cool i i'm not a fan of them no because, (laughs) because the sound is not as good as an actual right that's yeah. the problem when it when it gets into it right it's it's good but he was all about he wanted to create a concert theater and i was like well yeah. then you shouldn't be looking looking at those then you ever yeah. see that on a stage when you go to a concert you ever see invisible speakers yeah those are ambiance only for 100%. sure yeah. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have those specific like you said for like you're trying to recreate some sound stage but cool i like the idea for an ambiance speaker but yeah they're expensive they start to add up because all of a sudden you're like Four bedroom house, kitchen, family room, office. Yeah. Like it starts to add up all of a sudden. Yeah, I'd only ever do something like that in a specific location where it was like, uh, you know, like they wanted a frame TV that was on the wall. That was really all they wanted to see, but they still wanted some extra sound in the room. And um, I'd be like, okay, well, if, if the grills are a problem for you, fine, like we can go that direction. But, um, and yeah, like I, Again, I, I never want to sell somebody something that they don't need or want. That's And so, like, I think the, the nicest speaker I've ever seen that I put in a project was uh, it's Sonos by Sonance. They have, like, their ceiling speakers and they... Good speaker. Um, yeah, and they can tune uh, yep. together yep. in the room when you use, like, a, a you know, an Apple phone or a tablet. And um, this project that we just finished last year, we did those and... and uh, I, I really liked that setup because we, we had a full uh, audio distribution system with these speakers and the Sonos equipment. And, you know, he could have, you know, planet earth on the TV and then, and then he's got the speakers on the main floor bathroom and it's, you could still hear David Attenborough on those speakers there <laughs> while you're taking a leak and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. and you're not missing out so much on the show and you go back and, and it's still happening. I, I, I liked that. That was cool. That makes sense. Yeah. I want to, um, 
This show is brought to you by Payne's Window Manufacturing. Window shopping revolutionized. Seeking top-tier windows? Look no further. Payne's Window Manufacturing is the ultimate choice for custom builders, contractors, and homeowners. Visit www.paynes.com now to experience the pinnacle of quality and customization. Get your instant custom quote today. Elevate excellence with us, plus enjoy nationwide shipping across Canada and the U.S. What's with all the Pinterest idiots and putting frames around TVs now? <laughs> what, what, is, what is that? I don't I, I don't understand that. I don't know. Like, I mean, are yeah. we not, like, I, I kind of grew up on the fact that, okay, there shouldn't be a TV in your bedroom. I agree. Okay? I agree. And when you do have a TV in your family room and you have a, an event or a get-together family, whatever, the TV shouldn't be on. It should yeah. be about family time, hanging out, conversing, just shooting the shit, chilling out, having a meal, having a drink, whatever. Yeah. But the TV's like, blatant. it's right there. And now we've gotten to the point where I grew up on small little candle, wood grain TVs, 13 inch. That's what we grew up on. Remote control with 13 dials on it. You chose a channel. You know, I yeah, like, they get up and uh, go if you were to rich the because it was wireless. That's how you were rich. You're like, oh my God, you got a lot of money, right? So it's yeah. like, but now we've got TVs that are like no different than this TV. It's 75 inches. So you got the 75 inch rectangle in a room yeah. and it's black. And yeah. it's almost like these two eyeballs just staring at you when you're having a function. Yeah. And so now you got people on Pinterest putting frames on them. And I'm like, what's the point of that? I don't understand that. I'd rather someone design something that's like almost like a phantom screen mm. where it just covers it up and it's the same color as the wall. Yeah. Almost like a perforated phantom screen that you can just cover it up mm. and then it disappears at that point. Yeah. And then open it up when you want to use it to watch TV for the purpose of that room, yeah. right? But nobody's designing that. Almost everybody builds their their conversation around the TV. So yeah. let's put a frame on it. Let's put a picture of nature on it. Let's just put some music on it. We'll have the, like the whatever channel music or whatever it's going to be. And then they use that. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't be using your TV for your, you should have a separate point for your music, right? Yeah. So I just want to yeah. get I mean, I think, I think that's like, like, you know, one of the maxims we have is technology should be experienced and not seen. So I think there's this, this blending of like, okay, if we're going to have a TV, which tends to be the focal point in a great room, like you said, and it's above the fireplace because it's the focal point too. Um, then it's like, how do we make it so that it's maybe a piece of art, which I think was, was smart by Samsung to do the frame TV. Yeah. That's where I think it, it makes sense. And then like, you can say, oh, we're going to tour the Louvre. That you know, and then that's just going between whatever's displayed live at the Louvre on the on the TV screen. And there's 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 projects where we've done that, and um, it looks really good. It's like, is that a TV or is that a painting? Like, it's, yeah. Depending on the lighting in the in the yeah. space, it's it's good. And I think that's uh, a good um, accommodation of what you're saying. Uh, but like, I struggle to even if there's a screen on and I'm at a restaurant and trying to talk to you, I I notice myself you're getting. Caught. Pulled yeah. and and like you know we, you, you were talking on, on another podcast I was listening to that you guys did and you're talking about mental health and and like like man it's technology is a blessing and a curse because yep. like we are so inundated with information and 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 it is like it's like just go outside like like I I know I love technology and I think it's great but also like go outside we need we do need breaks from it and. Yeah. Um, the focal point of, of a family dinner should be the family and the conversation. It's not the TV. Uh, and, and yeah, just some light music coming out of speakers in the house to, to you know, augment that if, if you like. Sure. But like, 
technology is, is uh, it has its limitations and it'll never replace real genuine human interaction or interaction with animals and plants and in the natural living world. Like this stuff isn't alive. Yeah. Uh, and we are. So um, my dream is, is, is to try to, um, you know, do as much of, of the augmentation of your life with technology as possible so that you have more time available for you to spend with your family and your loved ones uh, because you know you're you can say alexa it's bedtime and the whole house turns off and and you know you don't have to go around and manually do it which i'm, I'm trying to flesh out an idea where it's like these like low value time experiences like walking around and turning every individual light switch off in your house well maybe you can spend that you know three to four minutes kissing your kid good night yep. and saying i love you and yeah. i'll see you in the morning or reading them a story because the house is able to do that for you. That's where I think it's good. But if you're replacing genuine moments with, you know, loved ones and living things, I don't think technology is good for you. Like I, I just recently, I, I feel like I'm ranting here, but I, I no, just no, did a great, a great thing for myself uh, last year. Cause I actually caught myself searching for dopamine in my phone. And I was just like, I was like, Oh, you know, feeling good or, or, or mad. Like, by f just like swiping through whatever social media. And, and I was like, Oh my God, this is a problem. This is a serious friggin' problem right now. And so I downloaded an app. I don't get a toaster. If you guys download this app, but it's called, um, uh, it's called app block. Apple block. App block. Yeah. It's a pretty basic name. And I was like, I blocked every social media on my phone and I blocked like, you know, porn. I blocked like, anything that I was like, I do not want to be looking at anymore on my phone. And then I, and I went my, to my girlfriend and I said, um, put a password in this and don't tell me what it is. I don't even use my phone anymore <laughs> except for directions, which I got wrong this morning <laughs> and, like, and like calling people or like looking something up on Google that is like, you know, related to work or something I'm interested in. I was reading about the Sino-Russian war on Wikipedia yesterday before bed instead of like looking for dopamine through my phone. So it's so you still have access to certain things, but yeah. then the app block focuses on just blocking social dopamine kind of hit. Things. Whatever you want, really, like you, oh, can, you can block. Okay, you can block but it. But I, I specifically chose things that I, I knew was difficult for me to just cut out on my own. So I like that. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm actually, this is about three months ago. I'm noticing an uptick in how I'm doing. I'm not comparing myself to people as much. I feel better, like. I don't, I don't really know how to explain the metrics of that. No, but no, I agree with you. I could totally yeah. see it. I, I almost want this to be integrated to anybody who's working in construction. So when they get on the job site, yeah. you have to have an app block on your phone device. So then you can't be on the phone every single time. Yeah. Right. Because the alternative is you'll see videos of tradespeople having their phones taken out of their hands because they're not paying attention to their job. Okay. And then put right into the cement mixer or something like that. Oh, and it's geez. like, there you go. That's how, that's the old school app block. There's the app block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just destroy it. But no, I, I actually like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get someone else to do the password, like someone you trust. And, uh, and then it would be difficult for you to go and say, Hey, can I, uh, get that? But going? at least it, you're <laughs> conscious of it now. So then you can focus on what you really need to focus. That's what I like about it. Right. Yeah, I, I read this amazing book last year. It's called um, uh, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Okay. And, and it, it really confronted me because there's this part where he, 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 it's all about just what you consume, you know, whether it's in your mouth, your eyeballs. And uh, he said that like every single piece of content that you consume, everything is either for your life or against it. And I was like, oh. 
<laughs> well, you know, that, that was, that was, that was tough to read. So, um, cause I knew I was like really screwing up in that category. So, uh, and it wasn't an overnight change, but like, uh, starting to take that seriously. I, I have a lot of goals and dreams of things I want to do. And I noticed that I was distracted from actually spending time on those things and I was feeling bad about it. So, um, this was part of that change. It was getting, that but happen. I mean, you being in this space, it's like all your clients are in this space. And yeah. so it's like they they want you to communicate and let them know, you know, okay, so what, what social media pages are you paying attention to? What Pinterest pages are you paying attention I'm to? I'm not. Like, that's what I mean. So they yeah. start like, why aren't you? Like, we're, so they, they start figuring out, well, we are. Yeah. But yeah, you're just hitting all these dopamine like posts. That's what you're doing. Yeah. If you get a smart home because you're keeping up with the Joneses, don't get one. There's no point in it. No. I like the idea that, and I agree with you, having a central touch point to shut down the house or to make the house operable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like all that stuff. And I think there should be actually three of them. I think there should be a point a point contact where it's like you hit a, a button and all of a sudden the way your home looks like in the morning and how it should feel. Yeah. And same thing after work in the afternoon, right? And then also in the evening. Yeah. And it should all be designed during the, the entire year calendar because our length of our daylight hours, right? Yeah. And I think that's critical if you have that already preset, spend the time and effort because that's going to take a little bit of effort to do that. It's quite a bit of program. Yeah, but you're yeah. going to work with the client on doing that. Yeah. But it's going to be so much beneficial because yeah. now when you don't have that, it is literally like, I hit this, I'll hit this, I'll hit that, I'll get that. When you could hit yeah. one point and get it all started. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, like that's a game changer. And, and like speaking to lighting, like there's uh, with a, a really nice... Uh, ecosystem we're doing now is savant yeah and um they have this circadian rhythm lighting yep which is like super cool and people will notice the difference oh, in yeah. their lives yeah i saw a demo for that and i was like oh what's happening it feels really good like <laughs> yeah you know and so uh that's really in alignment with what you're saying about throughout the day the lights are changing based on where the sun is in the sky and the, and the you know the color of the sun and you have a candlelight mode at night right um so see i'm just doing the actual candles that's also great. i'm not afraid of the house burning down because yeah. i'm not putting candles on and then but, walking yeah. away and going for a walk outside or yeah. completely disorient like like leaving it alone i'm not doing that i'm paying attention to what's going on with yeah, that none right? of this replaces the real thing but like it is it is pretty cool like the i have this in my house and in like the most common areas i'm in it's kind of like my great room and kitchen area in my bedroom and uh, like when I walk into my bedroom, I have a motion detector that notices I'm there if it's if it's in the evening. Um, and uh, well, I, I, it's programmed to sunset. Right. So so when I go in, then it's like the lights in my bedroom are all red in the evening. Nice. And uh, I've got, uh, you know, the blinds automatically close yep. at 10 p.m. They open with the sun. I know in, in winter, like I really like to have a cold room. So it's it's difficult to get out of bed in the winter it's extra cold but with, when the blind comes up and shines a light on me i'm al i almost start like blinking and being like okay I, here it is right <laughs> that makes sense it yeah. helps me get up in the morning and and um see those are the positives attached to smart home exactly because they're Love healthy that. they're yeah. very very healthy, healthy homes mental yeah. and that's what it should be right that's yeah. what's really the focus on and and i don't really care for the bells and whistles i don't really care about having all these really cool gadgets around the house. I don't care for that shit. Like it yeah. doesn't really impress me at that point. Me neither. Each room has a function and you should be designing it for you. Yeah. Right. You, your family, your significant other, it should be designed for you. Like it's, 
it's difficult to get all on the same page, right? But you have to somehow figure it out how you can do that. I guess the kitchen is the most challenging one because I think everybody starts to think that that's going to be the central hub. Mm. Like you go to the kitchen to start navigating a bunch of stuff because I guess most people spend most time in kitchens. It's a really common space. Yeah. Yeah. Kitchens, great rooms. Like they're, yeah. Which are these days, if it's new construction, it's one room. Mm. A great room and a kitchen. Yeah, they usually flow into yeah, each other. They yeah, they get connected together. So all yeah. of a sudden, it makes sense to bring everything there so that everyone can do it. And you guys are using those interfaces now, which I remember five or maybe seven years ago, they were just integrating iPads into it yeah. because they were on the market. And they were like, well, we're just taking an iPad and dropping it into a plate. But now you guys are up in that game and, do, and doing a different kind of... It's basically a, a monitor. Yeah, it's like a touchscreen. Touchscreen monitor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can control the home from it and trigger scenes or talk to it again ecosystem dependent but um yeah no, those are great like i i definitely one in the kitchen definitely one in the main bedroom uh probably one at like the main entry point that you come in the home so for disabling the alarm and whatnot and then of, of course like somebody you know with smart doorbells now somebody rings your doorbell they pop up on this screen and yeah. you can say you know it's the fedex guy and he's like i need you to actually sign for this and you're like okay yeah, i'll be right down you know and um, or, or it's your buddy and you say, yeah, here, uh, door's unlocked, come in. Right. And so there's things like that. It's like, ultimately it's about saving yourself some time from activities that aren't of like high value to you. Like, uh, I give this example, like, you know, I'm, I'm driving away from my house. I go to yoga every Tuesday night and I'm always like getting there three minutes before the class starts. So I'm like, but, uh, that's a whole other issue. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm like, uh, it's right after work, but I'm like pulling out of the driveway and I look and I'm like, gosh, shit, my friggin' lights on in the garage. And I, I don't like leaving lights on. So I stop the car, get out lights on the other side of the garage. This is years ago. Go in and turn it off. Now I'm late for yoga. Right. So I'm like, how much do I really value that moment that I just had? It's not really a high value thing for me. So it's like with the smart home, it's like, I can just turn that off. I can say it to my phone as I'm driving away. Right. Um, so it's about like those little moments and trying to just get rid of those. Like everybody's so busy now. Yeah. And uh, which I think is another issue, but um, it's like getting rid of those, those low value moments and transferring them into like high value moments where, you know, I am in yoga early or like I'm spending time with my family. Um, it's, it's trying to, to have those experiences have, have more time. This podcast episode has been sponsored by Class and Bronze Limited. Authorized Canadian and U.S. wholesale distributor of Pagan heavy-duty, high-performance tile leveling systems and installation tools. Choosing to buy outstanding and beautiful tiles also requires buying an exceptional tile leveling system. For hassle-free installation and an exceptional leveled finish, choose Pagan. Imitate it, never duplicate it. Available at Amazon, select ProSol stores, and purchased at www.tilelevelingsystems.shop. You can also find Pagan on social at Tile Leveling Systems and their website, www.pagrin.com. How much do your clients value EMF? Do you guys have a lot of conversations about EMF? Um, I've got one that coming up in February where the, the conversation started already. Okay. And um, I think it's it's definitely worth talking about. And uh, there's there's a solution that I've come up with for this. And it's, it's, it's like a network-connected... Um, power supply unit that goes in the uh, rack where all your tech devices are. And so in every single outlet, it can be individually controlled. So 
um, what I do is I have like a, an Ethernet switch that's controlling all of your Wi-Fi boosters throughout the home, right? These are all wired, just like at an airport. You know, you walk around, you got signal everywhere. Same thing in your house. So those are, are producing uh, EMF. And then what you do is you schedule the plug that those that, that switch that connects all of these uh, access points, that switch is plugged into port one on your on your um, your power supply. And then I schedule that at 11 p.m., turn this off and turn it back on at 6 a.m. or whatever you're up in the morning and want to use the home again. Um, that's a way to reduce it. You know, if you have a cell phone booster, some homes are, are getting those equipped. Uh, same thing. It's on a circuit two. turn that off yeah. when everybody's in bed um, so that you're and then if you have this savant home, like you can have a whole eco mode in the home where it's like the entire home shuts down except for critical components like your fridge and your furnace and AC, like whatever, whatever is mandatory to stay on. So that that EMF emitting uh, devices can also be a part of that eco mode shutdown if you want. Uh, and you can turn that all off when it's not being used. Why do they, I mean, when you see clients talk to you about it, is it more about them talking about we don't want our children to be affected by this because I guess they've been, you know, soaking up in EMF pools or whatever. Mm. Um, but I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how much information are the clients getting because when it comes to EMF, there's a lot of noise online, mm -hmm. right? To try to figure out what is or isn't, what's real, what's not, um, if it is affecting like... Where, where do your clients go with it when they have it, when they bring it up, when you hear those three magic letters, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's usually, you know, because of health, like okay. they, they want to um, reduce the amount of exposure. And uh, I find that it varies in like who, who they are. Like some people, honestly, most clients I have don't care. They just assume that yeah, we're bombarded with the stuff all the time anyways. But then if somebody's, more interested in their health it tends to be more likely to, to come up um and so well, yeah am i am i answer your question there i feel like i ramble but it, it's like, no no that yeah. kind of it, it, it kind of did it just it's just I'm, i know that clients are getting more tech savvy to that yeah but like we started at the beginning of the show where are they getting all their smart home information yeah they're getting it from they're googling it they're going online they're checking it out online but online mm -hmm. is like a needle in a haystack kind of thing yeah there's so much information so yeah. there's a lot of misinformation regarding emf yeah like i and definitely i'm not like an authority no on, on what emf exposure is doing to us i mean i know for like my first job like working with my father's company we were doing the first satellite internet systems in canada and i remember them showing us how the system works and it's just like these huge beams that are 60 kilometers wide and they're just shooting down and covering all of canada with these beams i'm like so that's literally just happening to everything on on this in this country at the same time all the time and they're just like yep and it's like oh well like is that good for us and like I mean, I think we think so. We've got approval to use it. So <laughs> it's like that's been happening for a long time. And um, and that's only increasing. You know, now you have Starlink and, uh, and you, you know, guys are installing more Starlinks. People are asking yeah. for more Starlinks. Yeah, we're doing is, lots of those. Is it beneficial? But I mean, you're also you're inviting that those signals into your home, right? Yeah, like I'm 
I'm not an authority on whether this is good or bad for you at all. I mean, I, I heard Elon Musk say, of, like, not too long ago, that, ah, it's fine, you know? And, and but, but, like, <laughs> I don't well, I mean, know like if he is either. It's an interesting thing because it's basically satellite communications, satellite connectivity. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it's still, it's a signal of some sort that's being drawn into your house, right? So, I mean, if you're... I, if you want all that stuff coming into your house and you want all this connectivity, then you're bringing in a, a mobile device, which is also, we've seen the data where it's like, if it's, you're holding it by your head and it's, yeah. it's emitting all this other stuff, yeah. then it's the same thing with the receivers and all kinds of shit. Like there's a lot of emitting signals coming out of these devices. So you just yeah. have to be aware of that stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Like I would say um, to, to keep in alignment with like, uh, you know what I had someone talk about like uh, it's like it's like the noises that like you could have a, a, a circuit in the house that's like and making uh, noise pollution you live there just like we don't know what our house smells like anymore it's like you don't know Used what those sounds are either that that could be unconsciously uh, you know affecting your sleep um, and and so I think it's like just being aware of of trying to reduce that stuff like I think the ideal like circumstance for us is, you know, our, how our immune system responds to like being in the forest, our blood pressure yep. lowers, you know, our parasympathetic uh, nervous system engages. Um, and, and, uh, I think it's like trying to have as much of that inside of our homes as well and considerations for that. It doesn't come from, you know, like every single piece of information you can imagine from all time shooting at your eyeballs through the internet. It's like, that's not good for us. No. And then of course, all these like noisy electronics producing sounds that, you know, may, our, our pets can hear, but we can't, you know? So like, it's, it's definitely good to, you know, have time away from these things, have them power down when they're not being used. And um, I mean, yeah, whether it's EMF is good or bad for us, I would say, it's probably not like part of our natural human evolution. And uh, it's a pro probably a new thing in, in the time frame of like how long humans have been on earth. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's no, none of this tech is ever a substitute for, for like, you know, I'll say it again, being outside, interacting oh, no, with living 100%. beings. And you you want to feel healthy mentally and physically, yeah. then spend more time outside, right? We're yeah. in Canada here, so unfortunately you get six months that you can't really walk outside barefoot. You can if you want. Get a we parka, them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have them, per, them, them crazy guys out there, right? But um, I'm just assuming that your clients would be coming at you having the EMF conversation, also the red light too. And also, like you start, people start talking about red light, it works, but getting your Christmas bulb and turning it on is not red light. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like there's a specific kind of red light that you need to get, mm. um, which is actually been proven that it does help you sleep better. Yeah. And, and But also not having your phone. Like I've done jobs before where clients have asked me to shut down all the receptacles by the bed and to run a flat copper tape that's connected and grounded. Mm. And then so once you shut it off, then there's no signal coming in and around your bed. So while you're sleeping, you're, Very cool. you're, you're feeling, the theory is you'll feel a lot better when you wake up. Yeah. But you also wake up a lot better if you get to sleep between the optimum hours, which is 10 and 4. Yeah. Right? If you're sleeping between those hours there, you're going to feel a lot better when you wake up. And then if you have no cell phone signal by your head, because most people charge their phones by their head while they're sleeping, which yeah. is like 
six to eight hours of just like this constant, right? Yeah. You don't realize it. Charge so, it in your office or something or yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. You had that. But everyone is just like, we want to be connected. We want to be disconnected. But then there could be an emergency and then something happened. And then we want the security system going on fully live all the time taken care of. So it's, it's, it's a balancing act. Yeah. So it's tricky. It really is, right? It's really tricky at that point. I've got one of these aura rings that like tracks yeah. my sleep and, when I first got it, I was like, oh, my God, I need to make some changes. But it's helped me just because I have awareness there now, right? And I can see the scores I'm getting. And, like, you're talking about, like, optimal sleep time. Like, um, it'll remind me, hey, you you went to bed an hour later than you normally do last night, right? And, and so I'm able to um, – it's like a, there's a study done about um, – the, the best way to get people to actually change what they're eating is to have them journal yeah. about what they eat, right? Yeah. So awareness can create the opportunity for change. That, that works for finances as well, too, because a lot of yeah. people don't realize what they're buying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I spent $11,000 at McDonald's last year. It's like, <laughs> what? And, and the <laughs> unfortunate thing is that you'll get clients going, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll go outside more. We were thinking about building a pergola and having the speakers out there and the TV out there and all. I go, that's not going outside, man. That's <laughs> yeah. just an addition to your home. That's what that is, right? So don't yeah. start going down that path. But it's keeping up the joints is bullshit. Like, you shouldn't be doing that at that yeah. point, right? Healthy like, homes is, is, I think, what I want to focus on. You know? Totally important. So you, you guys work on balancing. You get the clients and you figure out a balance of having this tech to use for your house. Yeah. But also to make the home healthier. Yeah, there's some exciting stuff coming out in that category. Like, and again, I, I'm never going to make a client do something. It's their home ultimately. And I'm just a guide really. But like, there's things about like the circadian rhythm lighting. Yes. There's, there's amazing tech coming with like water and air purification yes. as well. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to like, how do I say this? Like, I, you know, I, I'm not a home designer, but like, I, I think like, home theaters that you heat and cool in your basement and use maybe once a quarter. If there's a stupid idea, it's like, you should probably do a gym or I like totally agree with you, man. Yeah. Like I, I know. And I saw there's a, dichot a dichotomy cause I'm a tech guy, but it's like, also I think like these, these theaters are a bit silly and, and it's like maybe, maybe a room that's like a multi-use room. That's like yoga and there, yeah, there just happens to be a projector that's recessed in the ceiling that if you do want to have a family TV night, you can have modular furniture that you bring out. I but totally like, agree. that room is still used for like, yeah, yoga or like chilling out or, 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 or you know, you've got like your Peloton in there or something like that. Um, that seems like a better use case for me. But, you know, I still do theaters. We're doing one now. Because clients are asking he wants them, it, right? Yeah. And I just, I, I, I've never agreed with home theaters, like yeah. setting up and having motion activated theater seats and cup holders and all this other stuff. You'll I'm get like, over it in a month. Yeah. You'll be, be like, sick why? and tired of this <laughs> shit at the point. And then you'll be like going to the theater and join it there and just deal with it then. But yeah, people want to spend their money and they do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think that you should be chilling out comfortably watching it on a decent sized TV. Mm. I don't think it needs to be a monster TV. Mm. Um, and then just... Sure, you can go 5.1, you can go 5.7, you know, 7.1, you can do that yeah. whole thing, but you can do it nicely. It doesn't have to be over the top. But then again, you're talking to a guy who doesn't understand, even in my high school days, guys who ended up putting speakers that took the whole back trunk or even the back seat and then had all the tweezers and then the whole house <laughs> rattles and uh, the car rattles. And I'm like going, this makes no sense, man. Like yeah. you can't enjoy this sound. Like it makes noise no pollution. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's like that's like sound design stuff. Like it's like where are the speakers in the room? What purpose? You know, I think I think that's an important thing to consider. Like, because uh, yeah, like a five point one system can sound great, but it's like I see a lot of homes where they just do like all the speakers in the ceiling and the TVs on the wall. Yeah, and um, you know, and then it's kind of like the voices are coming at you from up here and it, it and I that's think more it distracting. disorienting yeah yeah because now yeah. you're listening and all of a sudden you hear one of those 7.1 like you hear a cricket right next to you and you're like yeah yeah. Like the, yeah you're taking me out of the movie experience you're taking me out of the experience of watching something right it's it's funny because the like the irony of these sound systems is it's like it's trying to replicate real life it's like not doing it, a very good job in, the, in this conversation <laughs> now it's like i can hear you i know where that's coming from right so there's like this immersion and it's like, it's the irony of it is in again, like having a good sound system is great, but it's like what we're trying to actually recreate is just real life. You know, where the sound comes at me from and, and am I immersed in it? Well, of course I am. I'm here. I'm like this living, like, you know, antenna that's like walking around the world and, and, and taking in all these different connections. So it's like, we're trying to replicate that with, with theaters where like my imagery is here and am I immersed in the audio of this track uh, that I'm, that I'm, you know, experiencing. Um, so, so like, I think there, it can be done well and, 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 and it definitely can help with immersion and, and what you're and make the movie experience better. Cause you're not being like, what did he say? Like, what did that actor just say to that guy? And it's, and so, so like there are, if you do do it and, and watching TV is important to you, like definitely do it properly. But you know, going from a 7.1 to, uh, you know, a 13.2 and you got two subwoofers and it, there's a point where it's like, okay, like the volume will go to 20 and then your ears feel like they're bleeding. And yeah. uh, it's, it's again, I never want to give somebody something that they, they are not going to be able to use or, or, or they don't need. So it is, this all comes out in the con consultation process of like, what's important to you? Um, and then I, I try, it's not my home, but I try to guide them to like, uh, this, you know, high value time experiences thing. That's, I think the, the real uh, benefit of, of smart home technology. And if, if watching TV is a high value experience for you, then like, yeah, do it properly and make sure you have a good system and the TV is a nice TV. Sure. Like, like I, 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 I I'm with that. That makes sense. It's the experience that makes a hundred percent sense, and I just yeah. I would love to see at CES twenty twenty five. Since twenty fifteen, Groove has been built off the foundation of experience, innovation, and the continued desire to evolve how work is done, even after the trade has mastered it. The people at Groove have more than forty years of experience in the drywall and construction industry. Their commitment to both the growth of the company and the individuals Groove simply calls clients is unparalleled. Their mission is to empower builders, designers, and architects with the freedom to build on their designs, to encompass creativity in all of their projects without sacrificing quality, efficiency, or affordability. They accomplish this by providing production-focused solutions and design workflows that allow builders to overcome their construction limitations through drywall. They see drywall in a different way. Innovate, inspiration, integrity. Groove Industries. Check out Groove Industries at www.grooveind.com and on social at grooveind and reach out to them on their email orders at grooveind.com or steve at grooveind.com and andre j at grooveind.com and also their phone number is 416-629-3756. The drywall TV. 
the drywall TV. I want to see drywall. I want it to look like as if it looks like drywall. Right. So it could just be integrated into the wall. And when you want to use it, you turn it on and the image shows right through the drywall. Mm. And then you watch TV that way. So if they're making these diodes that powerful and that crystal clear through transparency and all this other crap, yeah, yeah, give yeah. me the drywall TV. Because when I'm not using that device, I want it to disappear. Right. I want it out of the room. I don't yeah. want... They're getting too big and it's too big of a blocker huge black void that i don't yeah. want it and then I'd, I'll, I'll argue all the time put music on there put the fireplace station put in a mm. nature station i'm like go outside make a fire go outside yeah. and hang out in the forest why do i need yeah. an image of it it's the same thing with porcelain slabs i don't need a photograph of a rare italian marble on a porcelain slab it's mm. not real to me right it's cheaper i'd yeah. rather have the real and feel the real and it's got its yeah. imperfections gets me outside so it's it's a balancing act but i think most clients should just get this mindset of we're not going to keep up with the neighbors yeah and we're not we're going to design a smart home that's primarily first a healthy home yeah see what the objectives are for our children for ourselves if we work from home we're going to have a room that's our business office we're not going to create the whole home a business office mm -hmm. we're going to have a back to function each room is yep. a function right yeah. so that goes to health that goes to mental health. That goes to making the, the rooms proper and then using these devices wisely instead of just showing off. I don't give a shit about that. And then, uh, yeah, no no home theater, no TV over fireplaces, like none of that shit. I'll keep on voicing my opinion about that, and I don't care. But I do want to ask you, Andrew, um, who's got the best TV these days? Sony, question. Samsung, what, LG? Um, I, on, like, I, I like... I like Samsung TVs. Uh, I have a Samsung TV now. Um, what is it? 8K? 4K? 6K? It's 4K, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any 8K stuff yet. But I like, uh, it's interesting, like, I have, uh, I had a lot of Alexa stuff in my house, which was why I had the Samsung TV, right? Okay. I'm, I'm going to come at this from a very pragmatic approach. Uh, the so Sony has a really great Android interface on their TV, I actually enjoy the experience of the Sony TV better. Their 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 GUI is is nicer. I think Sony's have better picture. Okay, I do. And uh, but because I had an Alexa home in my house, I went with the Samsung because of the the how it interfaces with everything else. So, um, I would it's a toss up between those two. I always go with Sony or Samsung depending on. Uh, what ecosystem? Yeah, I've grew, I've grown up on a Sony. I've always seen. I mean, great picture on Sony. Yeah, that's what it is. I think so they're unbeatable like there. When 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 you're in when I was in film production way back when it was like those images. We're talking about TVs, but everybody listening like, like twenty thousand dollars TVs for a forty inch screen back in the day, right? Like Crazy. there were certain images and like it's it's nothing today, right? Yeah, yeah. But it it just and I agree with you and 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 then and I joked about the four K eight K thing because. <laughs> You can have 20, 16, 32K. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But if you're watching something that's not that, it ain't this. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. So there's no point in buying a TV that you'd have to change your entire library. And I don't know where you're downloading. And even as far as Netflix is going as far as 4K, I think, is at the max that they're going. 8K is not even here yet. Like, yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. But yet. they're selling this crap, right? Yeah. And I'm so glad that the curved screens just crashed and burned. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it made no sense. I go yeah. back to once you take me out of enjoying the experience of watching the TV for the purpose of watching the TV. Yeah. Like I never was a big fan of Philips and their background ambient light thing. 
Mm. And whenever you're watching a movie and they always use the Incredible Hulk as one of their fucking... And the selling, lights are going on. All green it, behind yeah. the TV. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm noticing the lights instead of the fucking movie now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So now it's just gimmicks at that point. Moving yeah. seats. Shaking yeah. seats. Like, I don't want that. I want to be immersed in the experience that I'm watching. Yeah, it's, you know, and it, 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 the point is is interesting you're making because like I have different clients want different things too so it's something that like I need to flesh out and 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 get from them and of course I flavor my design um there is a little piece of me in there for sure and uh I so you know I try to figure out what that is for them where what's important to them and and uh but I'm never, yeah, like I'm never a guy that's like, oh, well, your sound system's not very good. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like that. But um, I will, I do have a funny TV story though sure. that, that I think is great. Like, so my dad had a tech business and um, he's a great salesman. My dad built a company around being a salesman, right? And uh, this happened to us regularly. But I remember what, and we had one of those rear projection big, like, it was a square box. I think it was like 50 inch or something like that. Red, red, blue and thing shining up on it or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was like rear projection inside of the, and it had wheels on it. You wheel <laughs> this thing around, right? <laughs> we always had good tech stuff because my dad worked in the business. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember I was like watching a show. I was like 13, right? My dad comes in with this guy and he's just like, yeah, 50 inch, you know, it's good. It's solid. You know? And he's like, sir, it's kind of, I don't know who this man is. I've never seen him before. And the guy's like, I'll take it. And he like gives my dad like two grand and they just wheel the TV. And I'm like, I was watching that. I was watching something <laughs> on TV. And my dad's just like, I'll get another one. Shut up. And he like sold our TV. While you were watching <laughs> While the I was watching it. it. Cause he was like, you'd always have stuff. Yo, he'd be checking out new tech and he'd put it in our house. And then he'd bring it in, you and can then watch he'd it. Sell it. But it might be gone. It by might the be time gone, yeah. So but we didn't I didn't watch the end of that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have a TV for like 10 days or something and he got another one, right? But he would do that shit all the time. He'd just like sell our stuff. He was using it as a demo. You're like watching it as a demo. <laughs> exactly. Like, Look at it. It's great. Look at the image. It's yeah, wonderful. He was, he was like bigging it up to the soul. <laughs> He's like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll wrap it up. Gone. <laughs> and they wheeled it out. <laughs> So that's funny. Yeah. Um, should we be nervous? I know that what is it? James Franco made that joke about Alexa and Google and Siri and everything like that. And um, uh, about it, you're being worried about their listening in on everything. And we've seen this shit where it's like, yeah. you could be having a conversation and all of a sudden you're seeing all these pop up ads coming up on wherever social or yeah. website that you've gone to. Right. Like how much are they becoming a part of our house now and a part of our network now? And mm. they're, they're all doing it right. Mm. Alexa, Google home and, and your phone's doing it right now. Right. They're listening to it right now, but I guess, well, Apple's <coughs> home is not doing that well. Cause it's so fucking stupid expensive. And I don't think a lot of people are asking for it. Apple's the best for privacy. Is it the best for privacy? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Out of the three, they're, they're the best for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, why is it so expensive compared to Alexa and Google home? I'm not, I mean, I think it's, I think they've got a cult following around their products and they've, they like, it's funny. My, my girlfriend's really big into Apple and, and I, I have PC stuff and the Google phone and she's like, mm, I wouldn't do that if you had an iPhone. Right. And she's, <laughs> and so it's like that mindset yeah. in their, um, you know, their fan base is, is, has allowed them, I think, to charge a premium for what they offer. There's things I don't like about iPhone. I'll probably never buy one and I'll, I'll never have a, a what things. Uh, I, I find for like a tech guy like me, it's more difficult to manipulate 
them in a way that like if I want to check out the settings or change something about how it operates, it's more difficult. They, they're very user friendly, but they, <clears throat> I think they assume that their users are never going to do stuff like that. So they make it hard to kind of get into the inner workings of their products. It, yeah. So I actually find that more difficult as a tech guy to do. So it irritates me. Um, whereas Android is more like PC. I can, I can manipulate the phone. Like an example, like if I want to find out what my cell phone signal is, I can go into settings in the Google phone and do that with an iPhone. You have to type in like, uh, into the dial pad, you go like star three, zero, zero, one pound star five, six, seven, eight, nine star pound, and then make the phone call. And then it opens up another setting in your phone. And then it will tell you like what the RISI and DBM of your signal is. What the? And it's like, that's just how it is when you want to do tech shit on an iPhone. That's what it's like. And I find that irritating. They did that on purpose. Why can't I just do that in the settings and just find it there? Right. Um, so, but their stuff is nice and they do have an eye for design. And it's like, you ever want to know why uh, a MacBook is good? Open my, I had a tech tell me this once he said, open your MacBook with one finger. Right. And then try to do that on a PC. You can't do it. So the, like the hinge in a Mac is incredible. And they, there's no PC that has that. I do it with my laptop and it like falls off my desk. <laughs> well, it's beautifully designed. I agree yeah. with you on that. And it's wonderfully manufactured in Asia. Mm. <laughs> yeah, in sweatshops. And <laughs> what was that Ricky Gervais joke? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, designed by a company that has the most sweatshops. sweatshops yeah. Whatever. yeah totally. A show about doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> by a company that has sweatshops in China. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Cook didn't like that when he was in the audience. But that it's was all great good. when Listen, they like man. zoomed in on him. <laughs> you, you know, they're the first trillion dollar company, and I don't know what they're making annually now. I think they're over like three trillion dollars, and it's like that's just absolutely insane numbers, right? Yeah. But I mean, okay, which brings me kind of cost and tech wise. We all know that certain deals happen at a certain time, but product is still good, even if you're buying and you're setting up your clients. You know, like, a lot of that stuff lasts a long time, tech wise. Yeah. You don't need to be replacing. Should you be replacing TVs like every so often or? I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty like I'm Scottish. So, you know, I'm, I'm pragmatic and I, I, I like, I appreciate value. So like, uh, I don't replace stuff unless it's, you know, stop serving its function. Right. So like, uh, no, like if it still works, and um, use it. You then don't use need it. to get rid of it I, and then put a yeah. new one in. Consumerism is is bad for us and the planet. So it's like plus plus the <clears throat> I was saying this to someone the other day. It's like it's like, you know, so social media and all this like look at me and and it, you know, it's it's hard to distinguish like what's a real genuine human interaction on video on online anymore because now like we are are becoming the shows, right? You'll see a YouTube and it's like, oh this guy's uh is this a real person doing a thing or is, oh, this is a commercial, right? Um, so it's like, it's like, I sum it up as like, feel bad about who you are so that you then want to make yourself happy. And then we have this product that's available for you to buy to make you feel good. And then, oh, guess what? That goes away very quickly. And then you just go back to the beginning of the loop again. So like consumerism is, is, um, not good for us and i don't think you should be buying new tech for the sake of it you should know why you're doing it and um i you know i'll have my tv until it stops working you know that that's how i am which generally was like well what's the turnaround these days on tv i mean we we know this argument about appliances they don't last as long as the older appliances yeah. 
But like what, five, six years before TV starts to kind of create some problems for itself? When I say that, yeah. I guess it's picture quality. You start losing certain dots or whatever, and then that, then it starts to affect the picture, right? Yeah, like I, I would say, you know, and this stuff's all important on how you plug your things in and how your home is set up. Like uh, there's a lot of things that clients don't see that we do. And, and with this whole technology should be experienced and not seen. It's like, guess what? Every device in your home should be on a surge protector. Oh, a thousand and, percent. You know, and so like that's going to increase the longevity of it. And um, and so so like how you do set these things up matters and it is going to give you extra life. Like I, I hope my TV lasts me, you know, between five and 10 years for sure. Um, but if it's just like, plugged into the wall <laughs> there's a chance that that's that's not going to be the case so because of you don't know what's going to be happening to the home itself right yeah Which there brings can be you power right spikes the, and stuff yeah the panel right you should yeah. be paying attention to how that panel is set up and i'm sure that you guys share an opinion yeah because if you guys if you're coming in there and you're seeing just a dog's breakfast and just spaghetti everywhere yeah. and you're not seeing that this panel is properly set up then you should probably even just notify the client saying you might want to consider bringing an electrician in here and just to kind of clean things up here a tiny bit. Yeah. And by the way, add a surge protector to the panel. Yeah. Right. Get a bare minimum, right? Looking for cutting edge solutions for your spray foam needs. Look no further than Elasticam specialty chemicals with a remarkable track record spanning over three decades. Elasticam stands as an industry leader supplying contractors across Canada with top grade close cell, open cell and specialty foam products and accessories. Experience hassle-free spraying in both summer and winter with Insulthane Extreme, Canada's groundbreaking HFO closed cell product. Time is precious and we know it. Optimize your efficiency and avoid downtime by choosing the best products with the best technical and customer support. Elevate your spray foam game today with Insulthane spray foam products by Elasticam. Give them a try today. Visit their website at www.elasticam.com or give them a call at one 877 Seven eight seven two four three six. So yeah, you're already aware of that. In our rack units that we do, like every device is going to be plugged into a battery backup, and then uh, we're going to have like a surge protector as well in there. That that's the ba- that that's and that's plugged into the battery backup system. So it's uh, it's definitely um, you're you're spending a lot of money on this stuff. So it's it's totally worth it. It's going to increase the longevity for sure. Now. For the most part, I want to get to the panel area because you guys generally park <clears throat> the nerve center by the panel yep. and you're bringing all this data cable to that area. And then you've got all these devices that are controlling the home itself. Mm-hmm. Generates a lot of heat, generates a lot of signal. Are there things that you recommend that should be around that room, like protective wise, right? Mm, yeah, good point. Um, so, you know, usually all this stuff gets housed in a rack unit, which is essentially like a, you know, metal rectangle. Yeah. Um, we'll have fans in the, in the top of that unit that's blowing the hot air out of it. Um, I've never seen one get too hot to, to just be in that, you know, self-contained unit. As long as you've got fans in there uh, yeah. blowing out air it does depend on the devices that you put in there. You don't want them to be like so tightly packed, like that each individual device can't breathe. Um, like if I have a receiver, you'll notice there's like all these cuts in the metal. It's bec- that's for air to dissipate out of it. So if I put like a book on top of that and then it can't breathe, it's going to overheat, right? Yeah. So where things are placed in the rack, having good circulation of air in there, um, I don't wa- I don't want to have it like right up in the corner either. Um, it's usually, um, you know, in well, usually electrical panels not in the corner in most of the homes I've done. So it's kind of you know 
off the wall. There's some air and space around it. I'm not like stacking hockey bags and stuff yeah, around yeah. it. Yeah, no, you keep um, in. I've said it over and over. In your mechanical room, where your panels at? Yeah, they're not storage rooms. They're not no. closets. No, don't be using that geography of the home. Yeah, to start stacking shit in there. Leave yeah. it alone. Yeah, and and then um, I would say like you know making sure everything's well labeled. You know, like we create a whole legend of the home and and um, and well lit. Yeah. Do not we'll get one pigtail light bulb <laughs> and just put it right there yeah. and expect that that's going to be. No, you. that's where you're going to put a lot of protected housing, yeah. light. That gives you a lot of output because whenever you're servicing it, yeah, you know what I mean? You shouldn't be having to bring in work lights to, to service that. Right? We put LED strip lights in our panels nice. uh, just as a fun little thing that we do. It just And it also makes it easier for us if we're going back. and Because you're in there and you're like, opening all these cat cables and having to punch them down and the lighting does usually suck in those yeah. rooms. So yeah. that's something we started doing a few years ago. I like that. Yeah. And it's just because it makes it look that much more professional by, but all the way, like by the way, you're going to need to get to it at some point. Yeah. It's not just like install it, forget it. Uh, uh-uh. you're yeah. installing it and you're just, and there's all these updates as well too. Yeah. And there might also be future up, uh, modifications, right? <laughs> yeah. Bless you. Which, which means like, at any given time, what are you guys recommending running cables if you're future-proofing? I know that in your neck of the woods, your business, your industry, yeah. you get a lot of conversations about future-proofing because the moment you give them that grocery list of what these things cost, yeah. they'll go, well, listen, we can't afford that right now, but we definitely want to run all the cables. So can we run all these cables? Mm. And then you start getting clients that just get a little stupid about it because now they're running cables everywhere. And yeah. You may never use it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... You know, this is this is something where I would say the minimum for for like if you're in a rural property and you can't get um, conventional Internet or TV, you, you know, you're going to want to have RG6, which is what, you know, coaxial, coaxial. cable for for yeah. Bell satellite or or um, and then and then usually what we're doing for rural properties is we're doing a conduit from outside to the electrical room okay. for a Starlink system um, or any kind of like exterior Internet uh, system. It's probably going to be Starlink. Um, so that's available because the, the adapter for that's quite big and um, we can't put it in the home while it's being built. We got to wait until it's done. And uh, so that's something that we'll do. Why can't you put it in the home while it's being dust? When it's, well, just when it's under construction, um, it's, it, it depends. It okay. does depend. But in most applications we've done, it's like um, one we're doing now, this exact case, we're actually going to put up a tower like an antenna tower and the Starlink's going to go on that. So um, they didn't want the tower until after the home was, was finished. So we didn't, uh, we just put a conduit in because the Starlink's going to go on the tower. Then we still can get the cable to, to the rack on. unit. Yeah, yeah. So not every scenario, but we'll usually do something like, like that. Um, and then uh, cat six minimum, I would say to anywhere where you're going to plug in a TV or like a streaming device or an office computer room. Um, and then, uh, you also need cat six going to cameras and, uh, any of these touch screens that you're talking about yeah. doorbells. Um, you need cables for stuff like that. And then like, if you're really wanting to future proof, uh, you know, I get people, oh, what about cat eight? And, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I there's, just there's cat eight now. I, I laugh when guys say this to me, but I would like cat six a is 10 gig. Okay. Per second. And, and then like 
one of the most important things you want to think about is the bandwidth of the actual cable, which is essentially like how many cars can you fit on the highway, right? Yep. So like a lot of a lot of homes I see are still doing Cat 5e, which is only um, capable of like 250 uh, megabytes per second. Per second. And then, and then um, sorry, it's up to 1,000 on that one. But um, the megabytes. Ba- yeah, the, ba- the bandwidth is 250 megahertz, okay, okay. which is essentially the amount of information that can, that can happen simultaneously on a Cat 5e. Cat 6 is 500, okay? And then you go up to Cat 6a and you get, uh, I think it's 750 on that. So, um, and that's not the same as the, 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 like the speed of Cat 6a is 10 gig. Uh, and then Cat 6 is 1,000 a, a guaranteed and Cat 5e is up to 1,000. So that's the speed, but then the bandwidth. So a thousand is one gig. One gig, yeah. Yeah. And okay. then the bandwidth is two fifty, five hundred, or seven fifty. Okay, now I get it. All right. Bandwidth is in megahertz, and that's like how much information simultaneously happening. And then, and then the we were talking about the speed. I know this is can get a bit confusing. No, no, but, no, it's fine. But like, um, so if you're gonna have uh, a situation, like sometimes guys will do, they'll run a single cat six to a TV credenza and then they'll put an eight port switch in there and then the receiver and the PlayStation and everything's plugged in and they go, oh, well this stuff's plugged in, that's fine. But the thing you got to consider is that now you've got like eight devices limited by the megahertz of that 500 megahertz cat six going back to the rack unit. You're bottlenecking. You're bottlenecking your system, right? So. Um, I would say if the device can be plugged in, it should get its own cable. And if it's a Cat5 or a Cat6 or a Cat68, that's not going to matter as much as long as they all home run back to your network switch. And then um, if you're really wanting to future-proof, we've done some jobs with Cat6a with a 10-gig network. The irony of that is most switches now, unless you're really spending big dollars on your networking, don't even have 10 gig ports on them. Guess what? Your laptop doesn't have a 10 gig port on it. Your TV doesn't either. It's kind of like this 8K thing where you're like, well, if you have an 8K TV, but the show is an 8K, what does it matter? There's no point. If you have a 10 gig network, yeah, you'll be ready for the future. But it's like, does your Switch have 10 gig ports on it? Does your TV have a 10 gig port on it? Does your computer have a 10 gig port on it? Probably not. You don't need it. I think think if you're going with 6A's home runs, Get them to where you want them. Yeah. That's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Home run. We, so we mostly do cat six. It's yeah. good. It's affordable. Um, I don't do cat five V. I try to steer people towards cat six minimum. And, um, and then, and then that's uh, the price is right. What, like if you go to cat six, a, you, 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 there's quite a bit of extra cost for sure. And then it's correct. me if I'm wrong, but old telephone cable is technically cat three. Yeah, I think is that what it is? is yeah, is it three? Uh, yeah, I think it's three as a yeah. telephone cable. Yeah, Cat three, and it's it's only usually four wire. Um, some homes, actually, speaking of your retrofit conversation, this is a really good thing. And I and I, when I speak to people who want to improve their networks, best way to do it is to have wired access points throughout your home. You know, if you got a two story home, one on each floor will dramatically change your experience because your proximity to your modem or your router, whatever's broadcasting Wi-Fi, that determines how fast and reliable your speed is, right? Um, and so as I, my router's in my living room and I go over into my kitchen, 
Well, your your signal will literally cut in half. Yeah. And and your speed cuts in half. Yeah. I could have a 500 meg Rogers connection. I'm only getting 140 in the kitchen, but I get like 400 in the living room. You never get what you're actually paying for, by the way. So just get over that. And then, <laughs> um, so so like having multiple access points that are wired back to the modem throughout the home, that's going to give you the best experience with your network. Yep. And, um. When I, when I tell people this, sometimes if it's a retrofit, I say, well, do you have like any cables running the home now? And they go, oh yeah, we've got Rogers cable, which is coax. People always call it Rogers cable. And then I'm like, okay, do you have any phone line run? And they go, yeah, we do. And I go, okay, well go and check. If your house is like under 20 years old, check in the basement. And, and I want you to send, send me a picture of whatever your phone system is. Um, all those cables are running into because sometimes they're cat 5e. Yep. Right. And so then I can convert those because nobody's really using landline phones anymore. I can then convert your cat 5e phone system yep. into a mesh network and dramatically improve your, your Wi-Fi in your home. So if you do have a retrofit and you've got those blue cables, usually they're blue. Yeah. Uh, and that's your phone system. We can switch that over to a mesh that's network. A good point. It's a very yeah. good point. Yeah. That's a that's a cool retrofit thing I figured out uh, a couple of years ago. And I, I'll, I'll do that as often as I can. We got to do the 12 questions there, Andrew, but I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the conversation. Andrew's here, uh, Uplink, uh, www.uplink.ca, 289-240-0600, Andrew at uplink.ca, and that's U-P-L-Y-N-K, and on IG, it's Uplink Smart Home, Facebook, Uplink Smart Home, and YouTube, the channel, Uplink Smart Home. What's your favorite construction word? My favorite construction word. Oh man, um, I would say it's uh, get her done. Get her done. <laughs> What's your least favorite tool? My least favorite tool. Um, mm. Oh man, uh, BNC crimper. B- yeah, it's like uh it's like i know uh, exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah so you can get twist on bnc cables but there's also a bnc crimper and they just don't work they're useless you, you crimp them and it always is like a 45 or they're something useless yeah, yeah what construction sound do you love uh i love turning on the audio system the first time maybe that's not a construction sound but it's like no, when it you power totally. everything up yeah i know that's a bit specific to my industry no. uh yeah i think that would be it i would say it's alive yeah it's alive <laughs> yeah yeah what's your favorite beverage probably honestly man sparkling water uh what turns you on and off in construction um, I really like when there's like synergy on a job site, you know, and I, I just feel like everyone's having a good time. It's, it's so fun interacting with other trades, right? Everyone's having a good time. It's like, it's like, uh, that's a good vibe, you know, when being on good sites, it's, it's, it's really fun. Turns you off. It turns me off. I would, I would honestly say the opposite of that, like where you're on a site and, and there's like bad communication guys are pissed off like you know shit flows downhill and it seems like it's all landing on on the tradesmen that's that's um i've been on some sites like that and uh that turns me off there's no reason to have that on the site at all i agree favorite curse word fuck (laughs) what's your favorite vehicle anything in the world 
any mode of transportation. Mm, if I could, I, I would really like one of those Rivian trucks. I think they're pretty cool. Rivian. Oh, the EVs? Yeah. Are they going out of business? Are they? I don't, they've got this camping, like, accessory thing that slides out of it. I think I, they're barely surviving. Really? I look into it, but I think they're barely surviving. Oh, I didn't know that. Or was that Lucid? Lucid's the other ultra high end out of California. Okay. I don't know. I, th- I heard something about the Rivian trucks. Yeah. That they're barely surviving. I know they had a difficult start. Yeah. And they like were just, you know, in Which I don't debt. get why Tesla's so successful unless it's just an inflated <coughs> stock or something like that. But it seems like all the other EVs are just like Lightning's not making money. Yeah. What was the big, what was the Nikola? I think they just got sued big time. And I think the, the founder uh, had to step down because they were lying about like the reports of how the business was doing. Nikola was like, they're a, um, like a trucking EV company. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Tesla's got first mover advantage. That's probably a big part of it. What do you miss from your childhood? My family, so I've got a big family. My dad's got seven brothers and, uh, no sisters, no sisters, all boys. Seven Imagine brothers. that. <laughs> Strong Scottish blood. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we so my uncle Mark, um, he's in the tree business and he's always had big properties because he's got tree farms and stuff. So we would get all of us there and we would camp for the weekend. We'd do a pig roast and and um, there'd literally be like a hundred people there that I was related to cousins, like you know, kids and and like all my cousins have kids. Well, not then, but there was a lot of us and and there was something so wholesome yeah. and like just like feel good about being in this space with like all these relatives at the same time. So I, I would say I miss big get togethers with my family. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I'm currently actually attempting it and uh, it's, it's a afforestation business. So I'm really big into, um, you know, I think we can all do better with how we interact with the planet. So um, I'm working on a 50,000 tree planting project in Simcoe uh, County right now. And um, I actually just got my prescription report from the foresters for the site. I've got a site the landowner wants to move ahead with it. I got a guy who's going to who's giving me a quote on Sunday for scarifying and prepping the land. And um, I'm, I've been reading about this thing called the Miyawaki method. And it's, it's a way that you can plant uh, forests that are able to replicate the carbon capturing effectiveness um, and growth of a hundred year old forest in like 10 to 20 years. So wow. that's some, I, I was a tree planter when I put my th- myself through university by planting trees in, in the summers and, and um, I planted over 750,000 trees myself. And so I'm, I'm, there's something coming back to me. There's lots of, lots of uh, history in my family of tree businesses as well. So um, yeah, I would love to create like a carbon capturing forestry projects and, and, um, you know, show people the importance of being connected with nature uh, through reforestation. That makes a lot more sense, and I'm very much interested in that, Mm. than taxing an entire nation, our carbon tax, that's completely fucking useless, other than covering up your shortfalls as a leader. Yeah. Because that's what should be being done. If everybody was contributing to something like that in every single province, that would make a lot more sense to the country. You know, the the Canadian government has committed over the last 30 years to several different climate action initiatives. You know, the Kyoto Protocol, the Paris Accord, we've all heard of these things. Um, The Copenhagen Accord, 
we, we failed the objectives every single time. So the, the, like, I think the thing that we just need to realize, and I think this goes for many things beyond this, the government isn't going to do it. No, we can't rely on the government no. to take care of us. In fact, I don't want them to take care of us. It's actually just up to us, like regular people having conversations like this and um, realizing that like the responsibility of, of how this country is and, and how the environment is treated, how we're doing is actually our responsibility. And that's scary, but it's also very freeing. <laughs> we just got to do it. I totally would love to have you back and so we can dive into that and discuss that more, man, because I'm really yeah. interested in that. I know that we've had Safe Tree here. We've had Brian Lennon here. We're talking about urban forestry and all this other stuff. And there's love a lot. To. And I agree with you that we're there's everything government does is completely irresponsible. Yeah. And there's so many responsible Canadians that can do so much more and they are already doing a lot yeah. and they need to continue. So good on you for doing that. That's Thank amazing. You. What profession would you not like to do? And I hope you say government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything like accounting or like, yeah, anything, you know, working, doing, working with the CRA, <laughs> that would be hell I strongly me. believe any person <laughs> that gets into government is because they want to secure pension for doing nothing. Mm. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? I would like him to say, um, I, I would like him to say that you never needed to worry. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. Thank Pleasure you. having you on the show, man. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, this is great. And I had this a lot of fun. Wonderful, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's it. We're done. Pain's all over. It's all good. It was a great <laughs> chat. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I love that you're doing tech and I love that you still love trees and yeah. the tech and trees thing is really amazing, right? Because not a lot of people that are doing tech are paying attention to nature, nature right? Yeah. So. It's, I didn't get into it, but I like my dream is to create a net zero home and like use the tech in the home to augment like user load. Proper net zero, not yeah. marketing net zero. Yeah. I yeah. hate marketing net zero. I know greenwashing is pretty, pretty shit. It's, uh, so so like yeah, I, I think there's some cool tech things that are coming out yeah, in that in totally. that regard, which is another you know again it's not the TV in the bathroom. It's like how do we make homes more sustainable? Because it's like monitoring the energy usage and actually powering things down when they're not being used. I think that's that's pretty cool. Awesome man, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Ready, Angelina.